Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Hello everyone, happy new year. I wanted to first have some reflection on 2022 in this episode since it is the new year, even though I am recording this before the new year. Looking back on 2022, I was finishing up my third year of medical school and started my fourth year of medical school. So, this time next year, I'm actually going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a resident. Yeah, this year, I did some rotations. I did an internal medicine rotation. I did an OBGYN rotation, a surgery rotation, and a pediatrics rotation in my third year. I took step two and level two for my boards. I had a pretty short summer vacation before starting back up in July doing a few away rotations that I am really looking forward to having an episode on in the future talking about my away rotations and really had away rotations until December and then throughout this time also I was applying to residency programs and that due date was in September and so from October to December I was having a lot of of residency interviews and some of those are actually continuing into the new year as well. I have a few that are left into 2023. But it overall was a really exciting year and I know that a lot of my personal life wasn't really shared yet, but I am kind of waiting to have more episodes about that once I am on the other side of the match. So once I have a residency spot, then I'll feel more comfortable speaking about my experiences and sharing my advice because I can come from a standpoint of being successful with it instead of just assuming that everything's going to go my way. I obviously don't want to give advice if it's the wrong advice. So that is just an update. I'm really excited for 2023 again because I'm going to be graduating in May and starting residency somewhere around June or July, hopefully, if everything goes well. Also, I am not applying to any residency programs in Virginia, so that actually means that I'm also going to be moving to a different state around June as well. So it's all very exciting. My husband is also graduating from his MBA program around the same time, so he'll be starting a new job wherever I end up. So enough about me. Uh, This episode, I wanted to talk about some basics of psychology that I think everyone should know. One of the main uh, psychology figures that is often talked about is Freud. So I'm going to talk a bit about some Freudian concepts. So one is that there's this model of the mind that focuses on three different domains. So one is conscious, one is pre-conscious, and one is unconscious. So conscious means you're current awareness of what is going on, your thoughts, your experiences, 
your memory that you're aware of. And then it includes some secondary thinking as well, which can include reasoning, your logic. And the pre-conscious mind is below the conscious awareness. So it's not conscious, but they are repressed thoughts that you're not really aware of, but you can call into conscious awareness. So someone can jog your memory about something, or you can have a guided exercise that brings back those memories. When people ask you questions about it, you can then recall a little bit more. Some memories can be repressed too and can be brought back to conscious awareness. And then there's the unconscious. And this is kind of your instinctual side that is the more primitive thinking which is sometimes thought as being more animalistic. So this is aggression and sexual desires. And normally the unconscious is repressed from conscious awareness because of feelings of guilt, feelings of shame. So it's something that's not really tapped into very often because it's shielded away. But this can play a prominent role in behavior of individuals if they have mental illness um, and it can also be brought about a little bit more in children as well until they start to repress more of that from conscious awareness uh, because of the barriers put on it by society and just societal norms can kind of downplay that but certainly someone that is psychotic they will certainly have this uh, brought more into the forefront. Kind of along with that, there's also a model of the mind that includes the id, the ego, and the superego. So id is the unconscious, so that is your instinctual drives. The ego is going to be a little bit between the id and the superego, which I'll talk about. Um, And this is why people have defense mechanisms, which I have several episodes on defense mechanisms. So defense mechanisms are used to protect the ego. So your ego is really more in line with who you are and what your personality is, and it mediates between your id and superego. So it's more of your, your, your processing and how you actually deal with the world. Your superego is also in the in the conscious and it's also has an idealized version added to it it is a little bit more moral and and ethical compared to the ego and the id certainly um and it's responsible for more reality oriented thought and also uh, rational and logical thought then there is a leader of psychological theory who looked at the ego a little bit more of not just being an in-between the id and the superego, but just highlighting that it is the conscious mind. When you think of yourself and you're describing yourself, you're probably describing your ego. And it's your current awareness of your thoughts, your emotions, your memories. So it's everything really going on in your head is going to be your ego. 
And he explained it a little bit more on the unconscious by saying that you're, and he called it personal unconscious, and he looked at repressed complexes that are an organization of someone's memories, feelings, thoughts, attitudes, personally to that individual and then he also looked at the collective unconscious which is a really interesting concept that he saw that there's this unconscious mind that's shared among individuals and it's based off of your ancestral past and this type of unconscious shapes characteristics of human species Certainly, he sees that as something that's been changing over time as well, based off of the experiences of our ancestors. Then he looked at some archetypes. So, the idea that there's this persona, which is the public presentation of who someone is, and on the contrary, there's that that real self that you have that is actually concealed for the persona to adapt to social norms and what's expected of them. Then there is the the anima. This is in the unconscious. And this is also a really interesting concept uh, that it's the feminine side for a male and a masculine side for females. It's really the countersexual personality that can go into that and that might be concealed or it might be part of the persona but it's it's unconscious so it's it's usually repressed and then there's the shadow which is which is unconscious and repressed it is the source of impulses and instincts and then there's the self which is just the overarching individual structure and this is really a combination between the conscious and also the unconscious then there's a uh, psychology leader named jeffrey young who came up with schema therapy so that is based off of the idea that people acquire different structures to help them interpret and organize information and then from that, they have behavioral patterns that they have their whole life. And an example of this is something like trauma can lead to more maladaptive structures that could be the root cause of a personality disorder, which I have several episodes on personality disorders and talk about how several of them are are caused by by a traumatic experience that leads them to adapt but then that adaptation leads to a change in their personality that's actually more pathologic but it's a way for them to cope with that trauma okay lastly i'm going to talk about uh eric erickson's stages of psychosocial development which i i find these to be very interesting um so these stages are based off of core beliefs that change over time throughout uh, someone's lifespan. And so for, for each one, there's opposing tendencies, which means that they have an internal struggle between two things and they have to resolve that difference in order to 
develop a positive trait but sometimes with that conflict between these two opposing tendencies sometimes there's going to be a negative trait or a maladaptive trait that is developed instead so it's interesting that in any one person you can really talk with them usually in a therapeutic sense from a psychologist or a psychiatrist point of view and you can kind of decipher with each stage that they already went through if they were able to resolve those opposing tendencies or if if they had more of an adaptive trait or if they had a maladaptive trait. I like this theory because it shows that the uh, psychosocial development is a lifelong process and it's not just something that you have in childhood and then once you're an adult, you're you're static and you have the same personality throughout adulthood. It's actually continually changing. And also for each of these, there's not really hard ages for you to resolve these opposing tendencies by. some. In some people, it might even overlap that they have, you know, stage one and stage two around the same time. And so they're dealing with different things. But I'll go through these stages to finish up this episode. So, stage one is based off of the opposing tendencies of trust versus mistrust. So, it's really deciding, should I trust people or should I not trust people? This occurs in infancy, usually with a mother, but it can also occur with a father as well, and just adults in general. And so... In order to develop that adaptive trait of being able to to trust is for physical and emotional needs to be met. So having access to food, access to safety is something that an infant can pick up on and they can learn to trust people. I think a lot of people that have trust issues as adults as children or adults, they may have had some experiences as an infant that gave them reason not to trust people, which is crazy how something that early in life that is an unconscious memory that you don't remember could influence you. So, the trait that you would pick up from this is a feeling of trust and a feeling of hope and reliance on other people. Stage two is based off of the opposing tendencies of autonomy versus shame. And autonomy versus doubting yourself. So being able to function on your own versus doubting yourself. In order to have the adaptive trait, you have to find a balance between safety and independence. And this takes place in early childhood, so it's when... Children are still very much relying on their parents, but they're kind of exploring this idea of them taking care of themselves as well, but also making sure that they can do that safely, that they can explore different things. And so for here, the the trait that you would want to pick up is limited autonomy, knowing that you can't do everything yourself. It's okay to rely on other people sometimes, but you do have to trust yourself. So I think a lot of a lot of people that 
deal with a lot of shame or doubting themselves. I think especially of dependent personality disorder for this one. They probably had some experiences in early childhood that prompted them to think that they could not be autonomous. They couldn't take care of themselves and they couldn't make their own decisions. So it led them into childhood and adulthood to doubt their own capabilities. Okay. And then stage three is also in in childhood. And this one is more in middle childhood. Uh, this one is initiative versus guilt. So in order to have an adaptive trait here, you would want to be encouraged to have social interactions and cooperate with others. It's very much interpersonal really based off of the adaptive trait of finding purpose and kind of being confident in yourself. So I think uh, people that have problems with this stage might uh, grow up to be really shy and kind of be closed off from others, not really have much motivation and initiation, and they might take a step back, not really take hold of leadership or anything like that. Stage four is industry versus inferiority. Really based off of like the idea of am I good enough to make it in the world? And uh, this is very much in the school age in early adolescence of meeting expectations, uh, usually in school. And getting praise for accomplishments, getting that reassurance that they're doing the right thing so that uh, they can get the adaptive trait of feeling competent and not feeling inferior. This one is a little bit similar. Uh, Adolescents and adults that had a problem with this stage will grow up not really having good self-esteem and really viewing themselves as inferior and not good enough to really do anything or do what they actually want to set out to do. They will often take a back seat and let others lead. Okay, stage five is identity integration versus identity confusion. So it's all about identity. Um, and this is an adolescence, which I think this one is is easiest to follow. This is based off of exploring your own identity, setting your own goals, and also having some early uh, experiences in in working, in trying to do things on your own, exploring different career options. And adolescents who have a problem with this stage will often grow up into adulthood and, and not really have a good idea of their identity. Of, of who they are and what they want to do in life. Uh, they won't really have a clear vision for that. And then stage six is intimacy versus isolation. And this is in young adulthood, mostly in the 20s, um, but can extend to the 30s as well. It's really focusing on relationships and that can include romantic relationships, but also friendships as well and family members. You're kind of looking at this posing tendency of 
being very vulnerable to someone, being very intimate, um, and letting someone in, letting someone really get to know you versus being off on your own and maybe not, not trusting other people, um, maybe just preferring to be on your own instead of having those deeper relationships. And maybe, maybe it's not even being on your own, but it's having superficial relationships. So that's really something that in young adulthood you might be struggling with. And so the adaptive trait for this is to learning how to love other people and also, you know, not being too independent, having a balance so that you can also be on your own as well without having to rely on those relationships either. Then stage seven, uh, this is an adulthood and this is uh, generativity versus stagnation. And it's really based off of what is the meaning to my life, essentially. Um, so you're looking at a lot of people in this stage being involved in community, contributing to society, and also reaching out to younger generations too, whether that is becoming a parent or teaching, mentoring, kind of that, that giving backstage. And this is a lot in your, your 30s, 40s, 50s. It really, really spreads a, a very large area compared to some of these other stages. And it's something that you might be working on for a really long time. And the adaptive trait for this one is to really have care and to to care about what the world thinks of you, to care for other people who are coming after you, to to be involved, to give back. And that that's a big thing that I think a lot of us want to feel okay with the first six stages so that the, we can finally get to that care stage. It's not as much focused on ourselves that now we can focus on other people once everything with ourselves was okay and we were we were able to form that trust, that autonomy, that initiative, that industry, that identity integration, that intimacy. And now we're able to generate things and give back and then lastly, stage eight is going to be an older age. So especially after people have retired. So um, whether you retire early in your 50s, um, but most people are 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond, um, you're going to have this integrity versus despair. It's really focused on looking back at your life accomplishments and recognizing uh, what you were able to do and from this, you really work on the adaptive trait of wisdom. And so you you look at your life accomplishments and you hopefully decide that, that everything you, that you did was good and that you had integrity, you had morals along the way and you're proud of what you did instead of looking back and being in despair of all of the bad things you did or the good things that you didn't do. Um, so that's something that really has to be resolved in, in this old age. And if you were able to resolve all of the other opposing tendencies, then usually you can look back and really find integrity in your life. But with people that have had trauma along the way, then they might have, in, in some places, they might feel a little bit of despair. And I think certainly I've seen 
uh, patients certainly throughout all of these stages and some of them I can I can really see that uh, they have achieved you know the trust the autonomy and then in other people maybe they have reached more of that despair level and more of that stagnation and more of that isolation so it's it's very individualized but it's very interesting about this um, psychosocial development and how it seems like almost that it couldn't possibly apply to everyone but actually when you look through it I think really everyone goes through these stages they just might do it at different times like for example maybe it takes you longer to go through stage two and you're still learning autonomy as um, an adolescent Um, so everyone goes at their own pace but it's very interesting that this order is very much consistent and it seems like some of them flow into each other like okay now I trust people can I also function on my own and then it's looking at okay I was able to generate things now do I have integrity it kind of flows together which is really interesting so that's the basics of uh, psychology that I wanted to discuss in this episode I hope that it was enlightening and it's really cool to think about different types of therapy and I have an episode on different types of therapy that you can listen to that uh, this is really the basis off of a lot of therapy techniques based off of looking at the conscious versus the unconscious and bringing the unconscious into awareness. It's very interesting how all of these theories play into actual therapeutic practice and then I encourage you to listen back to my personality disorder series. I definitely talk about a few of these concepts in those episodes and those episodes are still my most listened to episodes so they're definitely worth listening to if you haven't already and maybe even good to re-listen to after hearing this episode. Let me know that you like First Line. If you are listening on Spotify, tap the star to rate the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down and tap to rate or write a review. Thank you so much for your support. You can follow First Line on Instagram at First Line Podcast or on Facebook facebook.com slash firstlinepodcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.